Hello and welcome to this week's Stats One Podcast with me, James York, and... Ted, Ted, Ted Knudsen. Hey, Ted, Ted, Ted Knudsen, how's it going? I got three Ted's, that's pretty good. Not bad at all. We're we're here, like, we've, we've timed this, we've thought about this, planned this. It's, uh, we've never happened, so... <laughs> the Champions League draw is about to happen somewhere. It is nigh. I say that, I say that, how much fannying around are they going to do before they actually draw the teams out so we might have to might have to fill a bit before we get there but we can review this week's champions league so this okay. is true i i forgot so like we basically have started this podcast at 11 a.m and yep. it might we might have to continue talking for like a good 45 <laughs> minutes before we actually get to the draw which was not the plan today james it was supposed to go fast i know really long really long slow pauses and thanks anyway we'll see how it pans out but uh, there were some champions league games this week uh which has created this draw and some Europa League games as well for their their own draw, um, and we we have four English teams in the in the uh, final eight of the Champions League, which is hasn't happened in a long time in a decade. A bit of an improvement since recent times. Yeah, yeah, and it feels feels like a little <laughs> bit. You know, things are things are changing in the top tier, and it's been long heralded with all the money in the Champions League that you know there would be a a kind of skew back towards the Premier League. Um, with Spain having a bit of a funny year, Real Madrid having a down year particularly, um, we now have this scenario where you've got uh, four teams, four teams in the last eight. Uh, the last of them, which went went through impressively this week, uh, was Liverpool, who went to Bayern and beat Bayern pretty handily. Really, didn't give up anything. Um, obviously, allowed one goal, their own goal, but to go to Bayern. I think I, a lot of talk about the decline of Bayern. Um, I kind of figured that maybe that wasn't quite the case, but I don't know. It was a stark result, Ted. That's no doubt about that. Yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting case where Dortmund have come back a bit from their extremely hot first half, and that has made Bundesliga more competitive. And uh, Liverpool, or sorry, Liverpool, Bayern have been competitive fairly well all year, but you know the. The fall-off from the heights is always noticeable, right? Like, when mm-hmm. the Bayern are super dominant, there's no one in their league that really competes with them. A bit like City were last year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there was no one that was really that close to City. They were running so far ahead. The There were comments from Lewandowski after this game, and we have Bayern on, like, 0.23 XG with only six shots, which is not a huge surprise. Now, Liverpool can do that to, to most teams. Like, mm-hmm. not, not just a lot of teams, but to most teams. They, they can contain them, especially if they want to. Um but there's comments from Lewandowski that they were just like too, um, too conservative, didn't attack enough. And I think that actually is the story of these Champions League games where one team was just trying to be too conservative. And this, is, this goes back to my bugbear about uh, you know, the, the big problem, not going forward enough on fourth down of, of soccer analytics mm. or football analytics, which is basically you try and sit on leads and you cannot fucking do it. And if... You know, it increases your variance somewhat because you know you're trying to hold on and, and defend against the other team. But if you do that, like you end up in trouble. Now, to be fair to Bayern, you know, at least one of, if not multiples, of the goals conceded were Manuel Neuer problems. Um, and and yeah, you know, it's not a hundred percent on him, but it is a bit on him. 
<laughs> yeah, it's, you, you can't help but think back to Casillas, Ike Casillas, who was, you know, obviously one of the world's best keepers for many, many years. And well, I mean, he's doing, he's not doing too badly now. But yeah, that one, one or two seasons, the seasons that kind of led to him leave Madrid, where it's like, okay, this guy isn't as good as he was before. And you do wonder about Neuer. I mean, Mike had something on the site looking at it a little while ago, and just a high-profile mistake like that. Uh, it's just, it's just the wrong time to do it, and. You know, as soon as Liverpool scored in this game, then the absolute mountains climbed for Bayern. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't envy any team trying to get two or three goals against Liverpool. It's, um, it's just not, not, not an ideal scenario. And you know, they went through quite readily in the end. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I think I looked at it. This is this is the first I think possibly since ten eleven, the first time we've had uh, two of Madrid, Barcelona, and Bayern out out by this stage in the in the competition. So, you know, they're absolute stalwarts for for the semis really. And both them and Madrid have, have fallen foul, and with quite tepid home defeats really. I mean, Liverpool are a better team than Ajax, so you know there probably isn't too much shame in in losing to Liverpool, but at the end of the day you've lost 3-1 at home in a in a game that you know you would normally expect to to get through. I just just thinking about you're saying about goals. I mean, we talked about the first leg. Uh first legs of these these ties um being a little bit cautious in places. <laughs> 34 goals in these eight eight ties to um the second legs of these ties. So right, yeah, over, exactly. over four per game. And obviously it can get a little bit out of hand like in Man City game and stuff. But, but almost none of these teams play like this on on a on a weekly basis, right? Like mm. these are all the teams that are fairly dominant and so they're used to having a lot of the ball and the question then becomes like how do you adjust your strategy to compete with you know another another really top team and i think atletico were the ones that did it worst and the funny part is like atletico are probably the team you would expect to most be able to do this to like sit on a lead mm. but they had what five total shots and nothing after the 60th minute yeah in yeah. in turin like that's just a fucking terrible game plan and that that one comes down to Simeone. Yes, they didn't execute great. Yes, there was a penalty at the end of it that didn't seem like yeah. G- given given how the game was ref for the rest of the time, it seemed like that was a very soft penalty. But beyond that, the game plan was garbage. And at the end of the day, like Simeone has to look at himself and be like, yeah, that was that was a lot on me. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it, that's that's the bottom line, isn't it? You can talk about the uh, you know Ronaldo's impact and that, but. The the point is Juve steamrolled them. Um, Atletico, it's okay setting up setting up to uh, to go for the nil nil or the nil one or one one or whatever it is. <laughs> but if you if you don't get anywhere near it and you just you create nothing and the other team scores like fairly readily, like you know shifting shifting three goals, it doesn't happen very often for Atletico Madrid. But um, you know they're out now. Uh, looking ahead quickly, let's do. <laughs> There's some, the potential for some tantalising ties here. We're, tantalising ties. We're at six minutes past eleven. I'm, I'm seeing no sign of uh, any <laughs> any Champions League draw yet. So we'll continue continue to fill time. Uh, I don't want what I don't want to see. I don't want to see Liverpool Man City in the quarterfinals because I think we saw, we had that last season. I'd I'd like that, them to be kept apart for now. Um, I don't mind. Juve versus Barcelona at some point, uh, because that would be quite entertaining, just as a, a narrative thing. And I'm not rooting for Ronaldo anymore, I'm afraid. But from a, you know, this has been covered quite extensively uh, this week, and the 
kind of difficult conversation around that. But you know, if we, from a football perspective, Juventus versus Barcelona would be uh, quite an interesting, uh, interesting matchup at some point. And then you've got these floating teams, Ajax and Porto, who like everyone's going to, rightly or wrongly, fancy fancy landing in the draw. Maybe even Man United and Tottenham. It's well, weird. Like the, the the best, yeah, the best draw is basically Ajax and Porto against each other, and then one English matchup that is hopefully not. <laughs> Man City and Liverpool so, um, but you know obviously England would like to be d- dispersed um, I think there's what uh, 25 or 23% chance of just or of no English teams facing off against each other there's like a 69 nice percent chance of uh, of one and then the the rest of it is, is a multiple which will suck <laughs> you know Manchester Derby I think in, in the Champions League would be pretty spicy yeah, that would, that would be quite fun, and obviously Man City would be heavy, heavy favourites for that. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know, what was it? The one year Man City just got plush draw all the way through to the semi-finals, didn't they? In the, I can't remember who they lost to in the end. I think it was... Monaco? Could be right, could be right. Yeah, that would have been Pep's first season, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe no. I'm wrong. No, they, anyway. last season they went out to Monaco, and the season four I think they went they went they went further to the semis and lost to someone. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, anyway, sure. but yeah, there's always there's always one team that that kind of kind of gets the gets the breaks on the draw, and there's enough there's enough weak versus strong teams. Um, pointless aside that I noticed was that this this week's four qualifiers are the four favourites for this tournament now. Last week's four four qualifiers are, are like you know the four dogs dogs in this race. Um, so, yeah, is who would you who would you pick now, Ted? Who would you pick now? We've now we've now we've got through it. Well, uh, City still. I think City are are the favourites, followed by Barcelona and Liverpool. Um, yeah, it depends on on who everybody ends up facing. Uh, Juve have some really poor trending in recent weeks uh, in the league, and I think that sort of gives them a bit of a knock. Um, also, you know, I think Madrid did quite well. Not an amazing Atletico team this year, and they did quite well in the first leg, so again. But, I mean, it all depends on the matchups, which we'll get to in a little bit. <clears throat> so should we switch gears here and look at the toilet bowl of the Premier League? Yeah, we've got this. We've done a little bit of prep. <laughs> I did a bit of prep. Good old people like it when we did a bit of prep. We haven't. We didn't talk about the bottom of the Premier League last season, uh, last week, sorry, and um, we didn't quite get to it. But... It's all kind of boiling up. Cardiff had an absolutely huge win at the weekend, beating West Ham. And aside there, West West Ham are the most kind of like shrug of a team this season. Really kind of what's <laughs> West Ham away to a team that, that wants to win. You just do not fancy West Ham whatsoever. Ninth uh, place, West Ham, comfortably <laughs> away from relegation. It's, yeah, and there's that. <laughs> It's really 39 to, points right now. It's really hard to get your head around what West Ham are at the moment. I it's, don't know. It's nice, so it's nice to go back and say we actually were fairly positive about West Ham in at the start of our stuff. And even like their early season execution, we're like, yeah, you know, I feel like West Ham is, they did all right, you know. And it was a nice change of pace because like for years we've been battering them and, and their, their you know, league position has often shown that was a, a fairly strong take. Uh, you know, not playing a, a midfield two of Jack Wilshire and Mark Noble, probably a, a positive sign that took a little bit of learning. But otherwise, you know, pretty good numbers. Only only a minus six goal difference, ninth place, just above Leicester uh, and Everton <laughs> and Bournemouth. 
Um, we'll see how they finish out the years. You know, they're, they're, what, eight games left. They're comfortable. They could be very much a drinking party from here on in, but uh, we'll find out. Yeah, <laughs> who's who's most team most likely to be on holiday from here on in? Oh yes, <laughs> because Watford haven't done their usual complete nothing after Christmas. They've actually picked up wins and continued to pitch in at the top of the kind of second tier. Uh, them and Wolves are actually four points, five points clear of West Ham. But yeah, West West Ham could be could be a team to <laughs> oppose yeah, oppose away from home in the betting markets from here on in but let's moving do, we're on not, we're, down. At the, we're at the bottom we're at the bottom so yeah cardiff that basically if they i don't think if they hadn't got a result there they'd have been five points out with eight games to go and their schedule it ain't too kind is it ted no so yeah <laughs> manchester united at the end of the season um they've got a They've got a makeup game with Brighton. I think the you know is a is a bottom of the table battle. They've got Burnley on here, a bottom table battle. They've got home against P- Crystal Palace, but <laughs> dotted in amongst that, otherwise <laughs> Chelsea, uh, Manchester City, Liverpool. All right, Fulham, who are mostly you know actually Fulham are basically completely relegated. Let's be honest. So um, yeah, that's a lot of big teams um, along with the <laughs> the garbage. It, it's it's complete, isn't it? It's either or. They're either playing their rivals or all teams down there or the best teams. No no middle tier matches left. Now the flip side of this is, um, you know, fourth place is tight. Every fucking one of these English teams is in the knockout stages of European competition. <laughs> And so, like, these big teams might be rotating quite a bit, depending on where they're at and, and what they're going after. Um, it's, it, it might be they get a little bit of a chance to, to steal some points. And we've seen it happen historically. Like, I remember Crystal Palace, like, a masterful, unbelievable save before that uh, Sunderland, when they, they took really shocking amounts of points off of big teams in the run-in. Um, that you know would have been like one in one hundred chance or something like that for them to get four points out of out of uh, you know three games or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's uh, we'll see how it goes. But uh, so so Cardiff's schedule is is awful. Uh, how about Burnley? What are we thinking about Burnley here? Well, Burnley's schedule is a, a bit. They've they've got three matches against uh, against big teams, but then the only one they've got against their kind of rivals is this Cardiff game. And then they've got they they have got a bunch of mid tier team teams to like visit in Everton. Uh, they've home to Leicester, home to Wolves coming up. Then they go away to Bournemouth. So these are the matches that you you fancy they might be able to uh, to get through. Oh wait, the draw's happening, Ted. It's actually happening. I've got IX IX on the screen. Liverpool Ooh. versus oh man, that's mark. awful. IX Juve is like the the worst result you wanted. Like you did not you want to see Juve face somebody good. Like really challenged. Now, not to say the Ajax aren't good this year; they're they're better than they normally are. That's very much like a, a youth movement versus a, the olds, so the young versus the olds. Maybe we can get a scrappy Ajax team that overcomes it. But God, okay, this isn't you, good. this isn't good as a Tottenham fan. This isn't good. I'm just seeing Liverpool Porto. Uh oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the two teams you wanted out of the out of the running already. So he's like Barcelona, City, Man United, and oh god, I can't even remember. <laughs> so uh, the, the, our friends up at the Anfield Wrap are doing circles around their office right now, cheering. Porto's a, a pretty solid, solid draw for them. Not not a great one, like you know, Porto are not are not deadbeats. Um, and in fact, Casillas, 
So Casillas is funny. I, I've kind of followed him ever since he left Real Madrid. And uh, you mentioned him earlier about falling off quite a bit. And the fact of the matter is, like, he didn't lose all of his skills. He's 37 years old. We still think he's pretty decent at, at most of the things a goalkeeper does in shoot, including Oh, no. Uh-oh. <laughs> Tottenham, Man, Tottenham Man City. Oh, boy. Don't, don't even bother. <laughs> oh, well. Who so does the United get, then? They get Barcelona. Oh, so dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Max, well, one, one team definitely getting through. Uh, one English team definitely getting through, and a maximum, I'd say a maximum of two, because uh, I think Liverpool probably beat Porto, but Barcelona Man United is a repeat of, that's 10 years ago, the 10 year ago final, I think, 2008, 2009. Mm. I'm not sure, that, I, I'm not wild about this draw, Ted, I hope I hope for some, <laughs> I don't I don't know what I hope for, but it wasn't that. <laughs> I, I forget that James is still a Spurs fan, even though yeah, he kind of... <laughs> Tones it down a bit. I was trying to finish Casillas' anecdote there. Apologies. Too many anecdotes, so sorry, not not enough analysis. This is what happens no. when you go with a live draw. Anyway, go on then. Oh, so just the the Casillas thing is is that you know you can still be good at a lot of the things, but if you fall apart at critical moments, then uh, that takes you out of that tier of goalkeepers that <laughs> that are good enough to be in and around the the best teams all the time. Um, so which one's exciting? Which go through? Actually, name all four of the the matchups, and then we'll we'll go on. Ajax Juve, Liverpool Porto, Tottenham Man City, Barcelona Man United. Now, my first thought there is you're going to get a cracking bunch of semi-finals because uh, realistically, you would expect Juventus, Liverpool, Man City, and Barcelona to get through. So that's that's good in that regard. They've last week's qualifiers have been pitched against this week's qualifiers, as I suggested earlier. And how do you feel about? Yeah, we, we mentioned briefly Juve, Ajax. Like, I, I find that one to be less enjoyable than I was hoping for. I just want to see Juve face like the worst teams or the, the best teams all the time, and eventually, hopefully, get knocked out. But you know, at least it's not Juve Spurs. Who Spurs also went and uh, had a Juve match last year where they looked like they were in great position, and uh, Juventus once again rose from the dead. Yeah, that was hella frustrating. That was bloody hell. Um, <laughs> there's like the Juventus had a great ten minutes, and then. then qualified off the back of it but but that's the kind of thing they do and that's what everyone said afterwards it's like, well that is what they do and it's like yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah um yeah so the semi-finals are going to look better than the tottenham season's over that's a shame um <laughs> not teams come on now <laughs> not, i thought they were going to win the champions league all right so both of us have have experience in uh in professional uh sports betting on the the bookmaker side uh what are we given Tottenham to advance oh man just 20% yeah yeah probably probably less I don't know especially given the gap in the numbers right like so if if we assume like Tottenham are good like they'll probably be mostly healthy for this my guess yeah probably uh yeah should be should be okay and and they'll they'll play the variance card so you know they'll presumably you know mix things up quite a bit uh, not just go for you know trying to to hold the draw because they they face this team you know at least twice a year if not more so in the cups so like they know each other it's not like they they have to be cautious man city make teams look like children though ted i mean this is (laughs) (laughs) this is this is a problem in this situation (laughs) i don't know how they're going to overcome that overcome that but uh if, if you look at the the league 
the the expected goals table um there's only like a 1.25 goal per game difference between those two teams <laughs> <laughs> this is it it's quite savage i think i'd have preferred man united man city just for my own selfish reasons and of course well, for, yes. for, the, for the derby aspect would have been would have been fun um at least it's not liverpool man city like, at least we've been saved that for at least yeah. another round. No, that is that is absolutely true. I guess we're going to get some uh, some UEFA UEFA Cup. Is that what, Europa League? I can't remember. It's bloody <laughs> cool now. Cup winners cup coming up soon. <laughs> the Fairs Cup draw will be out later. But um, yeah, well, let's go back to relegation a bit until we until we <laughs> until Wait, we reverse what? It. Come on, we haven't finished the Champions League. Focus, James. Focus. We'll get back to relegation at the end where it belongs. Uh, so. The, the second matchup there, Liverpool-Porto. Porto second, well, basically tied for top of uh, Liga Nos, so Portugal. Um, good numbers, not amazing numbers. And they came through against Roma, who are completely dysfunctional uh, on the pitch this year. So hard to say exactly how good Porto actually are, because they had a fairly weak group as well. Uh, what are we thinking about Liverpool there? Like, what do we give them you know, probability to advance? Uh, extremely high. They're going to hammer them. Seventy <laughs> percent. Uh, I'd go even higher. I think. So, so I, you think it's more in the range of City versus? Yeah, I, I yeah definitely. And I think UVI Ajax is probably the t- similar um, kind of. It's just so heavily and Barcelona Man just absolutely you know four favorites, just incredibly heavy favorites. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Like they all of those are seventy percent plus and, and possibly up to like eighty. They're just they're just all better teams than the teams they're going to face. And I mean, Ajax, don't get me wrong, Ajax are you know kind of uh, I guess they're a almost like a mystery team at the moment because you just don't really know too much about them. You know, balancing Real Madrid's decline against Ajax is having a particularly good game against them and stuff. It's hard to work out, but just defensive solidity. You know, Juventus. You would you would just imagine should should be able. To, that's that's if anything, just because the slightly random factor of Ajax, I'd say that's probably the closest of the four ties, but only you know only slightly ahead of the other ones. I, I you know Barcelona can wipe the floor with Man United. Sure, well, surely. So, hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna step in here because I have an opinion that is is counter to this. I have a take, James. Go on. <laughs> so. The problem with Manchester United all season has been the defense, and yeah. and it was more. It, it continues, you know, the trending behind it has continued to be a defensive problem uh, since Solskjaer took over. Uh, they have a tendency to get run over a bit against good teams. The flip side of this is like they still have some really talented players, like you know, big game Paul Pogba's in there and mm. Martial's in there and uh, <clears throat> David de Gea, who we have seen have insane games um yeah he's only got to have one and a half insane games right <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe United could play like a good half somewhere along this um Barcelona are also not as dangerous as they have been before like they they were knocked out by Roma last year yeah so yeah. I feel like there is a, a reasonable chance like a puncher's chance here that United could have you know a good back-to-back couple of games and I don't think that you know, it's it's as bad as you might be suggesting. You could be right. You could I, be I'm right. just saying. I'm. A, you know, there are good players in this team. There are some difference makers in this team. Barcelona also have different makers, but you know, it's there's a puncher's chance. So, like maybe 
maybe uh, 25 30% in there yeah maybe that's maybe that's another one that's, that's slightly uh, skewed less man city tottenham liverpool porto i think are very very kind of one one dimensional dimensional kind of scenarios um we've got the semi final draw through as well now and it's look at tottenham or man city versus ajax juve Barcelona, Barcelona, Man United versus Liverpool, Porto. So that's great. That's perfect because you know you're looking at potentially Barcelona, and Liverpool in one semi, and Man City, Juve in the other, which keeps uh, Barcelona, Juve alive for the final, and Man City, Liverpool alive for the final. So you know <laughs> the, the the fun the fun scenarios are, are, are still in play on the semi final draw, which is good. So, all right, so we're pretty happy with these. I mean, as yeah, as long as you're not a Spurs fan. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> but that's it. We're focusing on the league. That's why. And United don't even picture themselves this way. They're just like, look, we're just got to beat the best. That's that's who we are. We're United, so like, it doesn't matter that we got drawn against the big teams because you know we're United, right? So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I bet one one of the big teams will go out here. Even though even even at you know seventy eight percent chance for the well the big teams probability will... says that yes. Yeah, <laughs> there's a one in four chance that. It... Life, life, <laughs> life does this. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Um, Back to the toilet bowl. We were talking about Burnley. Yeah, we got to Burnley, and their their, their schedule was kind of a lot more mixed than um, it than, is. Than but like, let, let's step away from the schedule there and just tell me about Burnley, James. Like you, you've restrained yourself on Burnley and Brighton all year, but like now's the time. We're running out of time, so like you know, get stuck in. Their metrics have not looked good. They, they, I mean, Burnley's metrics rarely look good. And where, where we where we established um, last season that <clears throat> they were running around like dynamos and putting a, a ton of extra work in, um, that hasn't been the case this this season. It felt like their whole stylist style has changed. Um, maybe in 2019 they've improved a little bit and put started putting a little bit more kind of work work right into their performances and their and their results have, have picked up slightly but and then you know we're at a key moment in the season and they lost they've just lost three and three on the bounce and they are only two points clear um of safety like they're like minus 0.45 goals worse this year which is a pretty huge drop and we've we've also seen it in the pressure data like you know, I've, I've been saying this more and more because, you know, it took me a long time to think through it. But, like, I think that pressure is sort of the, the fundamental unit of defensive activity. So, like, what are you doing at various points? Like, you could be trying to contain somebody, but really it's, you know, pressing them, closing them down. Not necessarily trying to win the ball back, but um, hoping they give you the ball back is, is sort of the, the way that I kind of turned it around. So, if you press somebody, you're hoping that you force them into a mistake. And that doesn't mean that you necessarily immediately get the ball back. It means that they might kick it into touch or or this or that like these have less time and on the ball uh and we saw we flagged this up early in the season like burnley's pressure map like dramatically changed as to like their proportion in their own half but pretty much everywhere it just looked like work rate fell off uh and then you know the defensive side of it has also fallen off so like they you know, and the metrics, they look like they are right in the mix with Fulham and Huddersfield for being yeah. a bad team. The The results have been a little better. And you kind of, like, Burnley always seem to spoof their results a little bit. But, you know, it, the question, you know, we, we don't necessarily, like, last year Stoke got relegated. Uh, West Brom got relegated looking like they had a better team than they did. And the results kind of never caught up with the, 
the bad numbers, so like the the quality of the the squad, that could still happen to Burnley this year, especially since you know Cardiff have been a bit more scrappy than people might expect. Yeah, that's it. I mean, if if <laughs> it, it it's really the fact that Cardiff have got this kind of like awkward schedule and and you know a deficit to make up that doesn't kind of like make you lean into like the Burnleys and the Southamptons and, and say like oh what well, you know they're in real trouble but they are they're, they're two they're only two points safe and even Palace and Brighton above them are only a further three points clear there's a there's a Saturday game Burnley versus Cardiff City that should be televised because like this is you know the super six pointer uh, <laughs> for for relegation that is it's right there uh, but you know, there's there's a third team in the mix here, and almost a fourth team if you wanted to. Yeah, that I feel like Brighton could potentially get sucked into this if if you know there was a small run by by Burnley's and Cardiff. Yeah, I mean that that their victory at the weekend. Um, they beat Palace, didn't they? At Palace in the in the old <laughs> motorway derby. Um, that was a that was a snatch and grab though, right? Like, yeah, I think they had five shots or something and one two one, <laughs> which is what they've been what they did early in the season. That was the kind of bedrock of their uh, their early season was like their metrics looked horrible, but they kept just pinching wins and pinching results by by like you know just that exact kind of profile, taking very few shots, scoring and and winning, and it didn't look like it was a plan. They did the double over <laughs> Palace so far, but I think the the more interesting thing is. They have three total losses at home. Um, they drew against Arsenal at home. They drew Watford 0-0. They, they drew Leicester 1-1. But they beat Wolves at home 1-0. They beat West Ham 1-0. They beat Everton 1-0. And that's really what's propping them up, like some, some pretty strong home form, plus the you know the Palace snatch and grab that happened last week. And they also like won at, at Newcastle too. Uh, so, <clears throat> yeah, it's a, <laughs> we have... <laughs> we have eighty-five percent of the time. However, Palace come out of that with a win. <laughs> oh man, yeah. See, that's 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 a thing, and you absolutely needed a brace at this point. Um, I listen, Paul. I listened to Paul Riley's podcast last night. Give that a Hi, try. Paul. You could give that a try if you like our podcast. He's talking about similar kind of things, and um, they they were on about this. This you know we're beyond metrics at this stage. It's just it is just a, <laughs> it's just a like right. You just got to get out of things. You've just got to get some results. And, and uh, just, you know, this, however you get your results at this stage, it doesn't matter because uh, if you can just eke out a win somewhere. By hook or by crook. Yeah, yeah. Draws ain't going to be doing you a lot of good right now. But if you can't get a win, get a draw and such and <laughs> such. But it's, yeah, it's, it's always it's always funny down the stretch. Now, other, other teams, Southampton, like, I think everyone was pretty positive about the impact that... Uh, Hassan Hootel could make when he when he came in, and his results have improved under him. There's no there's no denying that at all. Metric wise, they kind of look the same as when when under Hughes, very slightly better on the metrics, but still a kind of like minus a third of a goal uh, expected goals per game, um, which is inter- interesting because because yeah. uh, of you know like you'd think that his his style might uh, make make more of an impact than that and it's still early days it's far you know he's, he's stuck with a squad that he's you know landed with and obviously player quality is a is a factor well, but there's a couple of things going on there right like you put a pressing manager into a team mid-season 
And it's always slightly problematic because you know, usually it takes them like a good two months in preseason to, to sort of bed that in. And sometimes it takes a, an entire season, right? Like Pocatino's first season was a mess yeah. uh, in terms of defensive output and spurs. And the same thing for, for Klopp at, at Liverpool, actually. Um, so, you know, there, there's always a, a bit of hesitancy off of the back of that. And obviously there was that, <laughs> there was some James Ward-Prowse magic uh, and against Spurs there that James is kind of probably wincing about a bit. I've got, um, I've got an interesting, right, here's a question. Like, sorry to drop this on you from a great height. Yes. But uh, Ward-Prowse has been around for, you know, a good few seasons now. Um, he's obviously a fantastic set-piece uh, taker. Um how much would you personally value a player with that skill set? Uh, obviously, like an extremely plus set piece uh, ability in to put into your team because it doesn't seem like repeated managers have had faith in his kind of all round ability to uh, you know start a lot of games for Southampton. But he does have that uh, you know undeniable one specific skill that uh, makes him superior to kind of many other options. A ton. I, I, a ton. It's, it's basically playing Roy Delap when he can barely move anymore because he's going to yeah. give you a, a few goals a year off of long throws. Like JWP, both the one thing is like he has no assists this year, which means that like their their set piece delivery on on corners and or wide stuff is is problematic. He's got six goals in uh, thirteen hundred and some odd minutes, so that's actually pretty particularly good for a midfielder. Um, so yeah, I haven't I haven't looked at his metrics behind the scenes but he pascal gross as well um these are the types of players that if you've got the right set piece setup and system you should be very interested in in having them you know be part of the system now it looks like jwp has played kind of all over the place at least according to, to our stuff and his passing metrics are are not great but that might be sort of a lot of risk reward type stuff get the ball up the pitch yeah, yeah. Does, does a ton of work uh on the pressure side but doesn't necessarily win that many tackles, which again depends on where he's deployed, etc. So it's it's tough for me to evaluate them uh, directly. But you know, when you've got somebody that is probably going to contribute that extra third of a goal a game in the right set piece system, maybe even slightly higher than that, like I would, I would, you want to have him in the mix. And it's true for um, for Mitchelland as well. Uh, Jakob up there has has been around for Jakob Polson been around forever and the natural inclination would be to kind of rotate him out eventually for a younger person but his delivery and his ball striking is so good that it gets Michelin goals and and they needed him and he that's why he's continued to be part of that team so if you find somebody that's amazing like that and JWP is like you want to have him have him in and around the team if possible maybe not in every matchup maybe late game you know you you bring yeah. him on yeah, that's that's the thing, and he's been a substitute almost throughout his, his career. Kind of mixed about half starts, half subs throughout his Southampton career. So it's you know it's, it's interesting that yeah, like every you can always recognise that his this unique ability that he's got, but like not every manager has wanted him you know starting a lot so of games. You flagged up the the schedule for the other teams, uh, Southampton. They finish the season at home against Huddersfield, which should be pretty useful, right? Say they're on 30 right now. They probably get to 36, 38, somewhere in there. Um, and you also flagged up that like they only have one top six match, which is which is pretty nice. So in terms of overall strength of schedule, like they're they're pretty soft. They've got four home matches again. Uh, Newcastle, 
at Newcastle at Brighton. So like that doesn't help them as much because their their sort of lower tier games are a ways. But yeah, I still feel like they should, especially with their goal difference being the best of the lot. You know, they're the least likely of those teams to get relegated. Uh, Brighton could, as we said, could get sucked in, but they have a game in hand too, right? So yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, in, it's interesting the goal difference kind of lines up not perfectly but it's it's pretty <laughs> it's it's near it's near enough you know you've got Cardiff on minus 30 uh five only five points better Brighton on minus 10 uh, you know it's <laughs> so there's key kind of like decider um, at the other end would it make you sad to see either Sean Dyche or Neil Warnock relegated I I'm indifferent to this outcome <laughs> okay fair enough <laughs> I don't know I don't have a a, a strong view either way. I'm trying to think. Have we got any? Have we got any, when's the UEFA draw? No, it's UEFA Europa League draw. Well, we might miss it, Ted. That, that, that'll have to be. Another, we'll have to react to that could, another time. Could be tomorrow. Could be some day far in the future. Maybe they just stopped it here. It looks good though. Slavia Prague, a team that that Tom used to consult with, uh, yeah. actually made it through, snuck through against Sevilla last night. So that's pretty cool. I know it was amazing. It was four three in the like 119th minute of. <laughs> second leg was absolutely fa- fantastic so we, stuff we haven't talked about the top four for a while i think we're going to save that for next week we still need to, to have some ammo in the bag but like it's also pretty fascinating what's going on up there chelsea are the only ones with a game in hand and i think it's against brighton right so uh yeah that's it'll be a tight fun run-in every single one of these teams is involved in europe and in the knockout matches so yeah, it's a it's been a cool season. Uh, Champions League stuff looks good uh, for those scraping out, trying to scrape out results at the bottom. You know, good luck to you, ish. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, we'll yeah we'll be back next week and talk about some more things. But that was your live Champions League reaction draw podcast uh, with added relegation chat. <laughs> I think James is a little more excited for the semifinals <laughs> than he is for for this particular match. <laughs> it's yeah, it's uh, yeah. Let's not talk about it anymore. <laughs> All right, that's the end have, of the podcast. <laughs> have a good week, everybody. Bye. Bye.